Election College, Episode 29. In this episode, Lincoln is killed and Johnson becomes the president. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for election college, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Hey everybody, I'm Ben Smith. I'm Jason Goff. And we want to say a very special thank you for joining us. Let's get into it. So, we've got Lincoln. Yeah. He, he's reelected. He, he's he's still here. Landslide, things are going man. good, right? Yeah, things are going great. Yeah. Yeah, except that civil war going on. Oh, right. And, and of course, there's there's like still a lot of people who don't like Abe Lincoln. Um Especially during this whole era of the whole, you know, split union, and then even even within the the union that's still intact, there's still tensions uh, over states' rights and slavery, and uh, there's a lot of Confederate sympathizers out there, you know. Yeah, but hey, Ben, I got good news. What's that? The war is over. War is over. Over and. I think maybe we're singing two different songs, but hey, the Confederacy just can't take it anymore. And on April the 3rd, 1865, the Union Army overtakes Richmond, which is the Confederate capital. And six days later, the Army of Northern Virginia surrenders to the Army of the Potomac at Appomattox Courthouse. You ever been to Appomattox Courthouse? I have not. It's a cool little town. I mean, it's there's nothing really there. It's kind of just like... Eight or ten buildings, but it's it's kind of cool. Cool. Yeah. I I, I anyway. want to get there. If you live near Appomattox, I hope to see you someday soon. So the two of us could probably talk for hours about this single point in the war, or I guess at the end of the war, let alone the entire rest of the war. But we can't. Um, but we are going to talk about something that's not quite an election, but a new president does come into place. It, we'll get there. The war's over, but not for everybody, especially not for John Wilkes Booth and some of his friends. Yeah, so Booth is an actor and a Confederate sympathizer. He's actually from Maryland, which they wanted to secede, but they were actually prevented from doing so because of martial law. And Booth was rather young. He was only 26 at the time of the war's end, but he had really been interested in politics for years and had been a longtime supporter of Southern ideas and thoughts. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that Maryland wanted to secede, but they basically moved in the military and said, you can't secede because that will leave Washington, D.C. open from all angles, and we can't let that happen. So anyway, yeah, John Wilkes Booth, Confederate sympathizer. He doesn't really like the fact that the North had quit returning prisoners of war back to the other side. and um there had there had been like a nice even exchange, but then Grant's like, nope, we're just extending the war, making it longer, and we're not going to return. Uh, we're not going to return prisoners of war back to the other side until this thing's over. Yeah. So of course there were lots of other things that Booth didn't like, but this kind of started his plotting. So old JL JWB uh, and some of his buddies come up with a plan. They're going to kidnap Abraham Lincoln. And they say, 
well, we're only going to release them whenever the North starts giving back the South their troops. But like they try this like four or five times and, and every time there's some misconnections and different missteps. Um, I'm not going to go into all those right here, right now. If you uh, have not read the book Killing Lincoln, it's by Bill O'Reilly and, um, it's really not polarizing at all. It's just historical fact mostly. Um, if you've not read the book Killing Lincoln, I highly recommend it if you're at all interested in this time period and this, these events that are happening here. But anyway, regardless, Booth and his buddies never even get to attempt, um, capturing the president yeah um so get this ben during all of this booth was actually one of lincoln's favorite actors he had repeatedly invited him to the white house to meet him but booth since he despised lincoln continued to ignore his requests think about that he could have had the perfect opportunity to do whatever he wanted to do and he's like nope i hate him too much to give him the satisfaction So Lincoln gives a speech on April the 11th where he talks about giving former slaves proper rights and even giving them voting power. Yeah, and this, like, I mean, if you thought John Wilkes Booth didn't like Lincoln in the North before, like, this enrages him. And he, whether or not this was true, he's quoted as saying, this is going to be the last speech Lincoln will ever give. Yeah, and during this time, the time right after the war was ended, Lincoln kept having bad dreams that he would die or be assassinated. Yeah, you may have heard this one before, but there, there's a really well-known and, and now famous dream that Lincoln had woken up to the sound of people crying and weeping. And he gets out of bed in his dream uh, and he goes downstairs and there are people in the East Room surrounding a coffin with a corpse in it. And then he asks somebody, who's dead in the White House? And they're like... It's the president. He got killed by an assassin. And then, you know, like in the movies, Lincoln wakes up and freaks out, kind of. Yeah, it's crazy. So on the day of Lincoln's assassination, he told his bodyguard that he had been having dreams of being assassinated for three straight nights. And it was really bothering him and keeping him awake. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, if I had <laughs> repeating dreams that I was being murdered, I think I would probably have trouble sleeping as well. Yeah. So as we mentioned earlier that Booth had originally planned to kidnap Lincoln, but now the war was over and black people were going to be emancipated and allowed to have some rights. Booth was really just at his breaking point. Yeah. So he, he's still kind of considering, eh, maybe we'll kidnap him, whatever. But then, um, April 14th, about noon or so, he finds out that um, Lincoln is going to be going to see a show at the good old Ford's Theater. And keep in mind, uh, John Wilkes Booth is an actor. He's well-known in the area. He's well-known across the country, quite frankly. He was he actually went back and forth north to south, transported stuff to the south to help them out, which, you know, bad deal, right? Treason. Right. But he did it a lot. And so, like, he knows Ford's Theater. He knows that place in and out. And he hears they're going to be at Ford's Theater, and he decides – we're going to kill the president. Yeah. So as many of us have heard, Lincoln and Mary Todd Lincoln went to see my American cousin. Hey, Ben. Yeah. You're my American cousin. Hey, you're my American cousin too. That's awesome. Well, so Abe Lincoln went to see you. Um, I think he went to see you. Oh, well, whoever he went to see, he took some, some friends, right? 
Yeah. Uh, Major Henry Rathbone and his fiance, Clara Harris, they joined them and, um, Booth actually went up the back steps to get into the box where they were sitting. Yeah, they were sitting in the presidential box. Um, I think if I recall correctly, it was actually two boxes that they had taken like a divider out of to make it more, um, roomy or something for the, for the president or for any honored mm-hmm. guests that were there. He um, had to get that and, top hat, you know, had to fit that yeah. in there. And... Right, right, obviously. Um, and so he goes up the back steps and, and he just kind of, I guess he just waltzes right in pretty much. Wow. Yeah. Um, so there's no guard at the door. It's widely believed that after the party had a seat in the box, the guard actually went to the tavern next door. And, um, it's believed that even if there had been a guard there, he would have still been allowed since he was that well known. And he was also well known that the president liked his acting. Yeah. So Booth goes in, he, he gets up the steps, he goes into the door. Um, he blockades the door with a chair so that just in case nobody else can get in, he walks right up behind Lincoln and he waits for a part in the play that he, I mean, he knows this play by heart. So he waits for a part in the play where he knows everybody's going to be laughing and maybe things will be muffled. And he shoots Abraham Lincoln right in the back of the head and Lincoln loses conscious immediately, falls over, slumps over. And then Rathbone realizes what's happening. Jumps up, grabs Booth, Booth stabs him in the arm, and then he tries to jump out of the box that they're in. Yeah, so Rathbone uh, grabs Booth, and that causes Booth to lose his cool and fall to the stage where he injured his ankle and his foot. He then yells something loudly, but nobody can agree really what he what he said. Yeah, everybody commonly says that he said six semper tyrannis. Um, it, it's the Virginia state motto, and in Latin it means... Thus, always to tyrants. Um, it's also reported he just said six semper, which is what a lot of people said he said, and even like some accounts of Booth even said he said. Um, some people said, no, he didn't say anything. He just yelled because he was in pain because he hurt himself. And then there's like five other variations. The South is avenged. Revenge for the South. The South should be free. I have done it. Um, all of these other things were thrown out there is what he said. Whatever he said, <laughs> Or didn't say, we know that he hurt himself um, pretty badly jumping down off the the booth. Yeah, so whatever he said, he escapes. And before we get further into what happened to Booth and Lincoln, let's talk about some of the other schemes of the evening, shall we? I, I think that's probably a good idea as well. Booth pretty much hates the Union. He's a Confederate sympathizer. He does not... Um, one of his big things, he really just does not like black people either. He wants to see slavery continue. Um, he figures, I know the war just ended. I'm not going to let it end. If we can get rid of the, uh, let's say top three most powerful people in office, maybe we'll be all right. So he recruits his buddy, Lewis Powell. Um, to assassinate William Seward, who's the Secretary of State. So Seward had been thrown from his horse a little while back and was in pretty bad condition and at home in bed recovering. Right. And so Powell actually weasels his way into the house. Um, he says he's there to deliver medicine, and he says he has to show Seward how to use it. And so, long story short, he slashes at Seward's son, gets into the room with Seward, 
nearly misses killing him because Seward has on like a neck brace type thing. And then he tries to escape, but, um, but in the meantime, stabs more people and then he gets away and, and runs off. So George Atzerod is also in on things when Booth and his job is to kill Andrew Johnson, the vice president. And this one is both really interesting and really boring. He just doesn't. He simply doesn't even try. And no one knows why. Yeah. Way to do your job. I mean, it's good <laughs> that he didn't, but. Right. Yeah. So they all escape and they start running around like crazy until they get caught one by one. And the first one that gets caught and the most notable is Booth. And he gets pinned down in a barn and the barn gets set on fire because he says he's not coming out. And so somebody sneaks up behind them. They shoot him in the base of the skull. And then he sits on the porch of this place for a while until he dies saying useless, useless. Yeah. And all sorts of people who were thought to be potential conspirators get thrown in jail if they had even the slightest connection. Yeah. Even, even the guy who owned Ford's theater, they threw him in jail just, just because it may have been an issue that there were hundreds of people just tossed in prison. So, uh, when all was said and done, there were eight who were put on trial and, uh, three of them were hanged. Others got other sentences and some of them got commuted or pardoned or whatever. But, um, yeah, not, not many people who were put on trial got out of things at all. Yeah. So president Lincoln, he dies early in the morning on April 15th, the next day. So normally when someone dies in this day and age, they bury them. Um, that's kind of the end of thing, but they transport Lincoln to Springfield, Illinois, um, back to over where he's from and just have to stop numerous times, um, on the way uh, before they did that, they laid his body in state, uh, in the white house, just like in his dream. But they just, they just, everywhere they stop, they get flooded with people coming out to see the president. And like when they crossed over train tracks over roads and stuff, people would just be lined up waiting to see the train go by. So, I mean, it could have been part of the, I don't want to say novelty, but novelty that he was the first one to be, uh, assassinated. He, he wasn't the first to die in office, but he was the first to be assassinated. But I mean, he's, he's super known. He's very famous, even if he's not loved by everyone. Um, so it's just like this record breaking, insane amount of people who come out to see him as he goes to Illinois. Yeah. It's crazy, Ben. Like even the beer that, you know, the platform that the casket is placed on. Uh-huh. That same beer is used for famous people, you know, famous politicians, presidents, you know, it's used to this day. So even like, um, I went to Ronald Reagan's funeral in the U.S. Capitol and the beer that, um, Reagan's casket was on was actually the one that was used for Lincoln. And it's just, fa- it's that's... fascinating how, um, even the funeral procession for, um, Kennedy, um, they really looked back to how the processional was done for Lincoln and they tried to reproduce that, that dignity that Lincoln had at his funeral. That's really interesting. I did. I definitely didn't know that. Yeah. And there's also some interesting stories too, uh, just about how, um, they moved, uh, his grave site in the cemetery that he was in, in Springfield they actually dug up his 
uh, casket at one point. I think it was in the 1930s. And they said that they actually opened it up and they, they saw Lincoln's preserved body. And, um, there was a guy who, um, recently passed away. I mean, in the last several decades who actually caught a glimpse and they even saw, saw the face of the president. Um, but now his, his, uh, casket is actually in a very ornate tomb and they poured concrete over it, um, just to make sure that grave robbers wouldn't come to get his body. So right. pretty crazy. Yeah. And speaking of bodies, by the way, um, I, I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy, but there is this theory and some say it's pretty possible that the person that they killed and took in was not actually John Wilkes Booth. That he was someone who was basically, um, he was like a, a felon or something, I believe that I could be wrong on that fact, but that was, looked very similar to Booth and was paid to, um, to be captured and killed. Huh. Uh, and so they for a long time had the actual body, what they said was the actual body of John Wilkes Booth. This guy claimed to be John Wilkes Booth and, uh, he looked very similar to him as well. They had his body out and they called it the mummified John Wilkes Booth and they took it from place to place showing it to people almost like a circus exhibit or something. So, and that, I mean, that was into the uh, early 1900s. I think that happened. So once again, I don't know. I'm not into conspiracy theories really that much, but it's, it's really interesting. Look up the mum of the mummy of John Wilkes Booth. Um, you'll, you'll find what I'm talking about. And if you're ever in Springfield, Illinois, do go, well, go to the grave site. Um, it's fascinating, but then also go to the Lincoln, uh, presidential library. It is one of the most well done museums that I have ever seen. So make it a point to go there. And then also his house is there in downtown Springfield, but, uh, it's definitely worth the trip to visit the Lincoln presidential library. So. Abraham Lincoln, beloved, hated, now he is dead. What do we do? Yeah, uh, well, the vice president becomes the president. Andrew Johnson is the vice president. Uh, he becomes president when Lincoln was killed. Uh, technically, he probably became president, at least temporarily, when Lincoln was shot um, because he was incapacitated. But um, Andrew Johnson... Not terribly well liked. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about his presidency in the next episode, uh, as well as some reconstructionism um, discussion, too. Yeah, pretty crazy time. Hey, and I'm serious about the um, uh, the book Killing Lincoln. It really does. An, I mean, if you're at all interested in Lincoln or the time period or assassinations, I, I of all the books we've recommended uh, on the show, it's one of my favorite uh, that I've ever read about the subject, especially. Um, so Killing Lincoln, Bill O'Reilly, you can get that on um, Amazon. You can get it on Audible if you need to listen to it. Um, use our links. You'll get a free Audible book, electioncollege.com slash Audible. If you want to check it out on Amazon, uh, Amazon, or I'm sorry, electioncollege.com slash Amazon. Um, but I, I can't recommend that book enough if you, um, if you're interested. Yeah. And, Hey, while you're on the internet and you're buying books on Amazon and you're downloading things from Audible using our link, of course, 
uh, be sure to head over to iTunes and rate the podcast. And we would love it if you would give us a review. Uh, we do read those and we appreciate all the great feedback. Say hey on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or however else you find appropriate. Yeah. And those handles are at Election College. So Facebook.com Election College, Twitter at Election College, and Instagram at Election College. So uh, that about does it for this episode. Anything else, Ben? I don't think so. This is Ben. This is Jason. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you later. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.